0: Hello, my name is Tanai, and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobia. Hello, everybody. Before we move on to our conversation today, I have a really exciting opportunity to share with you. On March 27th, 1130 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to be leading a free three-hour workshop called Unapologetic about how to express yourself in your relationships authentically, unapologetically, and coming from the heart. I know many of you are out there struggling, communicating your needs and expressing what you want in your relationships and saying how you feel or expressing your no's and setting your boundaries. And so often, even when you do that, you're overwhelmed with shame and guilt and wondering, did I say the right thing? What are they going to think? Or sometimes you're trying to express your feelings and you end up attacking someone and then they get defensive and then you're just in this spiral where the conversation really isn't going anywhere. From all the work that I've done, I've found that expressing yourself in relationships is way easier. It can be so easy to connect with someone with the right tools and with the right self-exploration of what is it that I wanna say? How is it that I feel? So in this workshop, we're gonna be talking about how to build that confidence and courage to ask for what you want and say your nose and say what you really feel in the moment. And then how to not step into that people-pleasing of caring what the other person's going to think or feeling guilty or wondering, did I say the right thing? So it's going to be taking your communication and your self-expression to the next level. If you're at a place where you're like, I don't even know what I want, that's perfect too. We're going to be talking about that. Because as you've all heard me talk about on this podcast, that's where I was. I was at a place where in relationships with men especially, I had no idea what I want and so often I, was, I wasn't saying how I was really feeling, I was just pretending, I was trying to be perfect, I was trying to people please, so it is a topic of conversation that is very, very important to me and I'm very passionate to speak on, so I hope to see you there, if you want to join then just send me a DM on Instagram, um, just message me, hi I heard you on Commitment Phobe and I want a spot on the Unapologetic Workshop, And I'll give you the rest of the information. It's going to be three hours, complimentary, March 27th, and it's going to be very hands-on and powerful. So I hope to see you there and enjoy the rest of today's episode. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance and art of emotional release and the power of cacao. For those of you who aren't familiar, cacao is a very powerful medicine um, that has been lost in in our societies. And there's tons of people that are dedicating themselves to bringing it back and bringing its healing powers into the world. And one of those people is Shadi Hanao. also goes by Tara. And they're a cacao medicine carrier who've been holding transformational cacao rituals and events and trainings for seven years. They live in Guatemala right now and that's where I met Shadi, Um, such an expander for me as a leader just because I got to witness them holding me and leading me in this training that that I'll mention and they showed all parts of themselves like one day they were upset and angry and moving through things and one day they were happy and expanded and excited and the entire time I felt so held, and it was such an expander for me of what a leader can be—that they don't have to hold back certain parts of themselves or be a certain way all the time. Like they got to be in their full expression and still be a badass leader. So I'm really excited to have them on this podcast. And um, aside from being a cacao medicine carrier, they they also um, organize and assist at these trainings led by the International School of Temple Arts. Um, and I did their level one training exactly a month ago, and it's a spiritual, sexual, shamanic training. And it's it was one of the most powerful and liberating experiences of my life. It, it's hard to explain, but one of the things that I did learn was how to release deep, deep stuck emotions and how to connect more authentically to others, um, especially sexually. And I got to learn a lot of ancient rituals, where I got to access a deeper sense of trust in myself and clear a lot of sexual shame. So, Shadi is, a, you know, master at these things by now. So excited to talk about, yeah, all of these things. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Yeah, I'm such. I feel so honored to be here with you and uh, and to receive all the beautiful words that you just shared. Um, yeah, it feels really nice. Yeah, as I'm sitting here overlooking this this beautiful this beautiful lake where I live, Lake Atatlan in Guatemala, I'm just uh, reminiscing and, and, and feeling into all the in the beautiful process that that has been taking place for me um, with cacao, as well as just living in such a powerful place and and the International School of Temple Arts, and um, yeah, a big common thread in uh, in all of the in all of those. Timelines, let's say, in all of those aspects of my life is um, is journeying through through emotional, well, people call them blockages, but I, I wouldn't call them blockages. It's more like emotional qualities, emotional, vib- they're like vibrations. They're different they're vibrations, the emotional vibrations of different uh, conditionings and different patterns and ways of thinking that find themselves maybe stuck in a way, but find themselves somehow um, engraved in a sense in, uh, in, in, in the body's memory, in the body's way of being, which is feeling. <clears throat> so, yeah, I feel really honored to be able to share a moment with you today and, um, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah.
0: yeah, something that really stood out to me was that you said that the, the body's way of being is feeling. I, I always thought I was a feeler, you know, that's that's kind of what I identify as in, in tests that I take, like the Myers-Briggs test. And I discovered in this training how how there are still ways I'm not connected to expressing these feelings. So, I'd love to hear what that was like for you growing up, Did were you, you know, did you grow up feeling like a very expressed person or is that something that you discovered later on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So well, basically, I was actually very fortunate, um, given the given the social cultural conditions of where I grew up in Belgium. Uh, I was actually very fortunate to have a really supportive mother, who's just pretty badass, actually. And um, you know, I, I grew up without my father, so that was a bit of uh, how can I say? There was a lot of a lot of things that got stuck there for me. A lot of things that I'm actually still. Um, working with and playing with and processing. But in one way, I I received a lot of permission slips when I was a a young kid to really express myself um, in different ways. Like I remember actually at one point, you know, I used to always play in the street. At one point I had this this scooter um, and I would just go around the neighborhood naked on the scooter and, and neighbors would be like, call my mother and be like hey do you know your kids like naked on the scooter around here in the street (laughs) and um, yeah and she wouldn't really care like I don't I only wanted to eat raw vegetables and only with my hands when I was like three or four or something and you know that was a big thing at family gatherings like so most of my family wouldn't understand but my mom stood up for me, so I had a bunch of permission slips to really be expressive and like rad as a kid. Um, but then also growing up, you know, in the wider society—I mean, this was in the '90s. Belgium was like there was there's a lot of um, there's a lot of density in in you know in the society there, like everywhere. But it has its own specific qualities there, and um, and growing up in a male body as well, it's like there's a bunch of um how can i say there's a bunch of expectations especially for for people in male bodies to kind of shut down emotions and emotional expression at maybe an earlier age than people in female bodies um so that was a lot to deal with as well um yeah i um I think my main my main journey with expressing myself has been accepting gender fluidity and queerness. Um, and actually with that also, I, I, I guess I guess the word would be witchiness, you know Like there's a part of me that's really magical, and of course you know everybody has that part. Um, and oftentimes that's also um, shamed, you know, especially in Western societies where there's so much emphasis on being a productive human, um, you know, on, on, uh, what's that word? On, uh, accomplishing things, you know, especially, yeah, fixing, uh, appearing, <clears throat> appearing perfect at, um, yeah, all those things at, at getting, um, getting a career and getting all the material wealth. So a lot of these more esoteric, um, yeah, magical qualities that are actually also a part of our wealth and our abundance are often not very much accepted in the society. So I kind of had to deal with that a little bit, you know, feel like now there's more openness to diversity, to human expression in all ways. in the, in the industrialized countries. And it's also, yeah, that was definitely something that I had to, that I had to, that I'm sometimes actually still struggling with. Um, But it's been a really, really beautiful, um, beautiful process to let go of a bunch of limiting beliefs. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really important actually to start seeing, well, for me, it was really important to start seeing how, these limiting beliefs cause specific emotional charges and feelings in my body that um, in order to actually move through the beliefs and reprogram my my belief systems, I've actually had to move through the emotional as well and through the feelings that are ingrained in my body mind system, you see?
0: Yeah, that's so important to mention because I, I think it was like a time where mindset coaching and and like everything you could do with your mind was so important, right, to kind of move us in a certain direction. But what it's so important, what you're saying that you can't just create that mindset shift, there's also this emotional charge that's stuck in the body that needs to be felt.
1: Yeah, I mean, otherwise, we end up creating a certain tension, right? It's like our mind and our body live in different realities. And it's not really, it's not really supportive for, for the, the harmony in our own system. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy work um, because sometimes we have micro or bigger, you know, trauma that's in our body. And so basically what happens is in, in, in these really intense situations, sometimes we just can't handle or we can't deal with what's happening. So um, in order to not feel or see, the intensity of what's happened because we weren't able to deal with it in the moment. We end up fragmenting it and it, you know, and it it starts hiding in different pieces of our reality, how we perceive reality, um, and, and in different parts of our body as well. So, you know, it's not easy work, this emotional, emotional release, because it may bring us to very vulnerable places in our history that that may be revisited. Um, but the beauty is that if we manage to do that in a safe way or in a way that we can really be held or hold ourselves, uh, there's a beautiful potential to reclaim our our self- agency in in those moments that we didn't have when it, when the actual charge, the initial charge happened. but there's a real beautiful potential to reprogram things there and actually, yeah, create a life that's more, ultimately more free, you know, where we have more self agency, where we can no longer be, I'm going to use an intense word, but enslaved to our, you know, our perception and experiences and, and take agency. Um, so yeah, cacao helped me so much with this, but we will talk about that in a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you said, you know, there's safe ways of doing this. I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm curious how cacao does that. Um, but yeah, it's what what's what's so interesting to me is like the iron the irony of it. Like there's things in life that make us feel disempowered, right? Let's say like lack of money. And what what it actually represents, it's me may, is maybe like our own sense of not having freedom freedom within ourselves, right? Because of a part of us that we're not expressing or something. And the the counterintuitiveness of it is like I have to go feel this pain. That's gonna make me in my belief, feel weak so that I stop feeling weak around money, right? It's like it doesn't make sense to the human mind, yet that's the beauty of it, that if you really allow yourself to feel that, then you're free of, of what you're externally projecting.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we we also ultimately, it's impossible to, to control, you know, our our environment. Like, um It's a masterful, it's a masterful uh, technique to be able to be with all kinds of emotional charges because yeah, if things come up, then we're actually able to hold ourselves and, um, and journey with, with, with what's happening. So it doesn't become, it doesn't become limiting. And, um, yeah, it's, it does feel kind of counterintuitive to learn that, to, um, to be able to really be with all the all the different charges and different vibrations different um ways that emotion and feelings manifests and at the same time what you're saying is completely accurate my opinion it's like how we relate to our outside environment is really that's actually where we can where we can you could say control um, our experience or 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 at least let's say guide or be masterful with our experience um and the thing is the way we respond to our um to our environment is often is often conditioned by uh, a whole variety of things and factors like you know our our education our parents and our bloodline like there's so many there's so much history that that we carry you know in our dna that that also plays out in that so yeah it's 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 a beautiful journey to be able to really to really work with with all the things all the the conditionings that are there and all the different levels
0: yeah I'm peeling the layers of the onion
1: absolutely yeah
0: Yeah. so the way that I've Got into know cacao is I guess I only want no one fa- facet, right? Like I went to this ecstatic dance and they're like, we're going to do a cacao ceremony. It's going to open up our hearts and you're going to be able to let go and dance more freely. And I really did did feel that. So when you mentioned cacao being tied to emotional release, I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, um why don't we start with with you telling us what you do as a cacao, um, as a c- cacao practitioner, cacao medicine carrier, and then yeah, tell teach us about the the powers of
1: cacao. Yeah, beautiful. So basically, I started journeying with cacao here at the lake, here in uh, at Lake Atitlán in Guatemala, back in two thousand fourteen. Um, my ex partner had been going to these cacao ceremonies with. Um, with a shaman called Keith Wilson he's he's quite like well known now in our environment and he and 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 he was like you know you should really come to these ceremonies it's it's been so helpful for me and this and that and I was like oh my god this is like another new age thing that you know I'm just (laughs) I'm just gonna feel bummed by
0: (laughs) yeah like Keith is another like Abraham Hicks like just what we were
1: saying like yeah and the thing is, though, when I arrived, God, I hadn't even started drinking the cacao and I was already crying so much. There was, yeah, there was a real reclamation of, of, of self, self-honoring, of compassion for, for my path, you know, and for all the hardships um, and the beauty that, you know, that I've lived. Um, and basically, I cried for the whole ceremony. It was like three or four hours or something. You know, in different waves of intensity, sometimes less, sometimes more. After about two or three hours um, of just revisiting different pains, I found um, I found a deep joy in the sadness, and it was so magnificent, really. Um, and at that point, I realized that you know, it's not really about the cacao. I mean, the cacao is super helpful for emotional release. But cacao is very versatile, and you can use it for so many different purposes and intentions, one of them uh, dancing, you know, or, 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 or movement, uh, movement medicine, let's say. Um, but Keith's ceremonies were definitely quite focused on, on doing emotional uh, and spiritual processing, And so I started going more and more to those ceremonies, you know, it started to become such a thing. Like we became a real tribe, you know, doing this at that point, it felt like total, like next level work. And so, yeah, I learned quite a lot there about sitting with the cacao, but specifically about sitting with the cacao and allowing processing, um, yeah, allowing processes to happen, being with them. The thing is though, cacao has this beautiful potential to just, um, help us drop down you know we've got such active minds generally you know us humans we, we we live in a world where we're constantly having to navigate conventions and, and 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 certain conditionings and you know ways of interacting are all yeah prescribed in a way and um, it can be very freeing to let that all go and cacao really helps in that so it helps us, it helps kind of the mind to just chill out for a moment and 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 be more observant, take a step back and allow for a higher wisdom to come through. At the same time, it also really helps us connect to the body. It's a very, you could say in that sense, quite an earthy, like feminine medicine. It's like there's there's this real power in in our part of this earth, of this planet, our body, you know, that kind of allows that that feels more at home, I guess, with this medicine to really express itself and feel. And then at the same time, it really helps opening the heart as well. So what for me, Kakao does is it like, it feels like there's this, there's this care of, of a higher part of myself that is observing and is holding me. And in that care, it's easier to surrender and to really allow for the yeah, the intense charges of, of let's say, the, the body, the animal body, the emotional body to express themselves. And the thing is, in order to actually move through these um, charges, there's something about the consciousness that has to be ready for it. And, and when I say ready, I don't mean having the mental knowledge of how to do that. It's actually more about, having the trust um and a certain toolkit maybe but more so having the trust that i'm able to hold myself that i'm able to actually be the observer be very caring be very conscious and aware of my space of what i of what i'm yeah of my inner space as well as my outer space while allowing the wildness to completely go out of control so there's a real maturity in that that um, doesn't it's not based on any kind of technique um and that's i think somewhere where cacao can be really really helpful because yeah let's say conventional therapies are yeah have amazing amazing potential and in general are quite um yeah mind-based right mental and yeah and that's and I don't don't mean to say that that's not valid, like there's a beautiful compliment with the more emotional, um, more high intensity work. But yeah, anyway, I think that that's the main, the main beauty that cacao uh, offers in relationship to emotional processing, but it has so much more potential and capacity uh, for deep meditation, for, you know, uh, shamanic journeys. Even astral astral projection for lucid dreaming, or oh, sure. just deep deep. Just deep, reclaiming of, of sensitivity, I would say. And um, one thing that I would really want to emphasize to kind of wrap up this little transmission is that, um, yeah, feeling really feeling is healing, right? It's not always easy to go there because there may be there may be triggers that come up know if we if we move into little little feelings but the thing is really if we know how to hold ourselves or if we feel held by someone else or by our environment moving into the charges moving into the emotions without knowing what they're about is actually a very powerful practice and maybe we may know once the charge once we've moved with the charge maybe we may know what it's actually about maybe there may be some mental you know insight afterwards it's not a mental process
0: yeah it's such a perfect thing that that you're ending on cuz i wanted to ask you i think you know a lot of us when we think about sitting with our sadness it's like the image of someone in bed watching netflix right and crying and watching romantic comedies or whatever. How is this different? Like, how does how is what you're describing take you all the way through to the other side where you're feeling bliss or you're feeling some sort of, you know, movement as opposed to the sitting in bed, watching movies, crying
1: to yourself? Well, I don't want to. What's that word? I don't want to dismiss the idea of, you know, watching movies and, and being sad and crying in bed sometimes.
0: Right. It has a it has a place, but it's like there is this sense of like, it just kind of makes you drown in it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it can be dissociating um, to do that. And, you know, and that's a valid choice um, that a lot of people prefer to take over feeling it deeply. And oftentimes, I think there's two main reasons. One is if the consciousness doesn't feel, if the consciousness isn't ready to actually go there, um, or if there's not like, an affinity, you know, or a toolkit um, with that kind of work. And that, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes all of a sudden there may be experiences or trainings or um, or situations where we have real strong updates on how to be with that. Um, like the ISTA training that, you know, we were just on, probably offered, you know, offered you some, um, a deeper capacity to be with, all aspects of liveness, you know, all the whole spectrum of, of feeling and, and being, but for most people, I mean, we're not taught any of this, you know, In school, we're basically educated to be functional um, in a, in a productive society. And, um, and there's a real, yeah. God, it makes me sad just, just talking about this. Um, but there's a real lack of, of, humanity, you know, and and being able to really be human in all of its aspects um, in our educational systems. um, Yeah. So in any case, um, but I've I've got sidetracked now thinking about that. (laughs) I know.
0: No, it's okay. I mean, I'm hearing so much in what you're saying, which is that, at least in my case, I just didn't know that the volume of my emotions could be expressed at 10. I thought sadness was ex- like allowing yourself to be sad in bed. You know, I didn't realize that I could actually like turn the knob up even higher. And, you know, I was at a, was at a concert a couple days ago and this woman was really like in her body dancing all out. And I remember how much that would make me uncomfortable. And my friend next to me was like, oh, I bet she's on drugs. And that didn't cross my mind. It used to. But, having done the ISA training and seeing how it's like that wildness that you're mentioning, like we we actually have the capacity to express our anger to what society now judges as like violent, right? And and that's what I wanted to talk to you about that I think that really shows up in relationship com in, in conflict. Like there 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 can be such a space to express those emotions at level 10 without it being a problem, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you know, there's so many so many projections and conditionings that are at play when it comes to expressing, you know, emotions and feelings and wildness. And um, I think a lot of us have received messages consciously and subconsciously that being wild means that we're going to draw attention and people are going to judge us. So that's not safe. Um, or being expressive, you know, other people are going to want to steal our thunder or we're going to, you know, all those things. Um, And, and yeah, basically working with those programs from the inside out allows us to be more free because if we don't do that towards others anymore or to ourselves anymore, then others doing that to us is not going to affect us anymore. Mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. because we're no longer believing that that's actually true so it's like a lot of the learning happens at the edge of our comfort zone and um that's why it's so interesting to be able to sit with emotional charges that are actually not so comfortable because there's a lot of wisdom there you know there's a lot of potential for creating different realities that are that are yeah that are more juicy and um and this is like, this is our life, you know what I mean? We're, we're actually meant to enjoy this. We're meant to express, we're meant to, yeah. I'm going to use, a, you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a kind of spiritual new age um, word or, or approach to this, but we're meant to be like channels of our highest potential And um, and there's, yeah, there's real real power in looking at the blocks, um, because it'll allow us to tune into our excitement more easily. Because all these blocks and these conditionings are, you know, make our inner compass murky. It's like the signals that we get from the inside and the intuition are less. Yeah, we kind of try to tone it down so that we can fit in, and um, and that's a really valid quality. You know, it's a survival strategy. And also, it's like, God, am I going to choose to fit in or am I going to choose to really fucking be myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and play? And, um, yeah, to to talk a little bit about how it happens in relationships, it's like, God, relationships are such a fucking beautiful way of of seeing all the parts of ourselves that, um, yeah, that we may not have the willingness or the, or even the capacity to see just by ourselves, because, you know, we live in a relatively individualist society nowadays. I mean, most people in the urban areas anyway. Um, and so we don't have a bunch of real deep connections and relationships. And the deeper our connections, the more, um, Present or the more in our face, the mirrors are because you know as we're feeling safe with this other human, all parts of us are feeling safe to come out, including the nasty ones, including the ones. <laughs> so, um, yeah, being in relationship offers beautiful mirrors to to see how we, yeah, to see parts of ourselves that. Don't necessarily have to fix or anything, but that we may we may want to change or we may want to transmute or work with in order to be more free, in order to um, show up more beautifully in this world, yeah. And uh, holding space for and with a partner can be very yeah, or a lover can be very can be very beautiful and empowering for both because it's like god i'm gonna quote keith on this because it's just such a powerful teaching but he always used to say that there's um that there's three three paths we can choose to walk in uh in life one is the one is the the hard bus one is the easy bus one is the magic bus and so, <laughs> i love that yeah. <laughs> And so he used to say, the hard bus is where we basically project our, yeah, our conditioning, including our woundings, to the out to the outside. I mean, we all do this, but the way that we relate to the projections it can be significantly different. So, for example, the hard bus is like, okay, we're projecting all these things, and we're believing that what we're experiencing is caused by the other person. So that gives us the permission to blame them and create drama, right? Um, And we're still going to see our patterns. We're still going to see our, our conditionings, but it's going to be probably more painful than if we take responsibility for the nature of our experience for, okay, how can I actually... I can actually see this as this is a part of me that I'm choosing that I'm choosing to project subconsciously or consciously and um, and I can work with this. so if both partners or or if you're in different relationship constellations like you know m- multiple multiple partners or lovers or however however you choose to do love, um, like if if other partners agree or, or see that they, they have a self agency in, in their experience and how they relate to their experience, then you can, you can move through a lot of real high intensity charges and conditionings while, yeah, while kind of facing each other. You know, if my partner gets really angry, there's like, I can either I can either be on the hard bus and be like, okay, this is about me. And she can be, this is about you. Um, and we're going to create a real hard situation for ourselves. Um, until we somehow transmute it in one way or another, hopefully with, with not too much you know, damage and hurt. Um, or she can be angry. And it may appear to be at me, but actually it's not about me she's just angry at something that she's experiencing and, and I can be there with, with her in the whole, you know, in the whole process. Um, it's a very different story. It's not easy. It takes a bunch of practice, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Cause then it's going to show you your relationship with anger as well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So we can show up for each other very powerfully, but in the first place it's about showing up for ourselves because stepping into that kind of connection just like that is it takes a little bit of training it takes a little bit of of uh, self self awareness and um, yeah i would i would say in, in group settings or in an individual setting or in a one on one setting with a therapist or a coach uh, somebody who's really trained would probably be actually be more uh, conducive and then inject that into a a love relationship or a family relationship or it's all step-by-step process and then the magic bus is about (laughs) is about allowing allowing ourselves to become truly guided by our by our own let's say our higher self right the part of us that that lives um, outside of linear time and space and that can see which obstacles are ahead of our path and can guide us. And if we're really in such deep connection with our body, with our heart, with our mind, and, and just generally our intuition, there's a real sense of trust that starts to happen. And yeah. And, and we can, we can start to really, really trust our inner compass and our excitement Um, and our higher guidance in that. So, for example, you know, if I'm walking on a path in the forest and I'm wanting to go, you know, directly to my goal, that's what makes most sense, you know, to my mind, okay, I'm going to go straight ahead directly to my goal. And there may be another path that works off, right? And it may not seem as if that path is actually interesting. But maybe my maybe my my intuition is like, okay, take the left, take the path that goes to the left instead of going straight forward, because it knows that the bridge straight ahead over the river is broken, you know, so I wouldn't be able to go over the river. And that other path actually takes me to where I'm going more easily. Yeah, so I think the magic bus is, is, it's not about bypassing. Um, I think you need riding the hard bus and then riding the easy bus to be able to hop on the magic bus. Yeah, and, and generally in life, we kind of tend to hop on the different buses. Like some periods, you know, some periods will be on the easy bus and then the hard bus and the magic bus. And yeah, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way of looking at life. And honestly, if you can, if you can connect with a person that really wants you to be with them on either the easy bus or the magic bus. Yeah, then I would recommend try to try to expand your journey with them hold on to them and really honor that there's a true potential for for yeah for expansion for excitement for mutual mm. aliveness
0: yeah aliveness at least in me there's there's definitely ideas breaking down of what's attractive and what's um what feels like attractive to me in another and and connective and I'm, I'm noticing how the more I see in someone, the more actually attractive they are because the more alive they are. Like, we're just meant to be human, right? There's so many stories of how are we meant to be sexy? How are we meant to be kind? How are we meant to be powerful? But it's really just human is, is what I'm seeing in, in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel you. It's, um, it's interesting, huh? Because sometimes we're just like, uh attracted to yeah attracted to things that that actually aren't to our highest interest or, or, or we're attracted to specific things that are specific people or specific ways that keep us in our comfort zone you know and it's totally valid to want to be in the comfort zone and like to be in bed and watch netflix you know that's yeah. totally valid
0: totally and at
1: the same time it's like what's you know, what's more out there? Um, and I say out there, but actually it's like on the inside, you know, it's in the inner worlds. Um, and as we're really creating a deeper connection with with our real excitement, you know, then we can also start to attract that in the outer world and, and, and navigate towards that in the outer world. Mm,
0: so good. Oh, well, I'm going to do a... A transition into your um, your role as a as a cacao um, how do you say it a, c- a cacao medicine carrier what what exactly do you lo- do and what do you love about it?
1: Um, yeah, so I used to I used to hold rituals mainly mainly doing shamanic um, journeys and emotional processing work and. Lately I've started hosting rituals that are more um related to the work with Ista, the sacred sexual shamanic path. Uh hosting basically temple nights with cacao that have been very, very beautiful, transformative.
0: I was part of one, right? Would you consider a cacao temple night?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it was it was definitely very themed, you know, Valentine's Day and like gourmet, <laughs> Yeah, sensual connection. It was. It was very beautiful. Um, yeah, I've been hosting those. I was I've been hosting those in the summers in Belgium uh, over the past few years. But to be honest, what I've started to really explore mostly with the cacao is uh, I started to train people to work with it in a let's say in an accurate way, in a respectful way. And this is an inspiration that came through me with. When I was actually, you know, drinking cacao, journeying with cacao, and yeah, the inspiration came because one of the reasons was that I'd been to, you know, I go to a lot of cacao ceremonies, and, and I often find that there is a real kind of lack of care for the medicine, and lack of care for, and you know, lack of intentionality, and and real strong holding of the container. Um, what this medicine can bring because you know it really has very high potential for um, for healing and for transformation and for expression and oftentimes I found that people you know organize an event and in order to kind of give it something special they'll add cacao to it yeah yeah and that's okay but there's something about real care for the power of this medicine Um, also for the yeah, the social, cultural, spiritual background of this place where it comes from, yeah, and just general intentionality and, and and a sense of loving power. You see, to bring to really bring uh, medicine to people that are coming that 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 you know seek it, that come to to play with it, that come to journey with it. So I started creating a um, a transformational. Embodied Cacao Practitioner Training. So it used to be a five-week online program. Now it's six weeks because my Mayan cosmology teacher that I've been studying here with here, um, a Mayan elder here at the lake, will be offering another session, a three-hour live transmission, an introduction to Mayan, Mayan cosmology, um, which is yeah, it's such a privilege to be able to receive those teachings from him yeah that sounds so cool yeah so um you know the 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 training is, is evolving as is my journey with cow and with mayan cosmology and astrology um and with uh, spiritual sexual shamanic work so basically this this training i've been hosting it for all of 2021 and then now i'm going to host one starting 20th of march and um yeah, that's starting to fill up quite nicely now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like where all the inspirations and my experience and, and my learnings that I've had in life come together uh, in an attempt with an intention to really offer people who love cacao and who felt maybe, maybe either just a, like a little taster of its transformational power or maybe much more. Um, of of the medicine to really, yeah, to really get get solid in their connection with cacao, get solid in their connection with their emotions, um, and find a a deeper purpose. Well, actually, the course isn't designed to help people find a deeper purpose. It's it's actually designed to help people... journey with, the purpo- with their purpose and maybe there may be more clarity that comes with that but to then offer them the potential to really work with the cow in a powerful way so that they can bring their own authentic medicine more powerfully into the world because um, cacao offers such great permission slips or for ritual you know for transformational work and for reconnection to A real sense of abundance, and I mean that in all, like on all levels. The material level is one of them, but honestly, I find that a real sense of abundance comes from a recognition, a reclamation of humans being multidimensional beings. You know, we're we're here for a limited time in this body, but you know, actually, in my, let's say, in my lineage you could say um like I really recognize that this limited time journey in this body is just a beautiful a beautiful part of um you know of a a spirit journey that that we're on as humans well as as souls um, but also as humans so, yeah, so that's happening the 20th of March. I also offer Mayan astrological readings, which is a whole different system than Western astrology and um, often offers similar, like, similar information, um, but coming from a very different approach and context. And, um, yeah, and then I also, like, I also sell cacao from here to To some, some of my, some of the people that studied with me, you know, they'll buy cacao from me for their rituals. Um, yeah, so I have, I have a really beautiful connection here with a bunch of cacao practice, um, cacao producers, and um, yeah, it's just been really nice to, to journey with all the different types of cacao, and get to know the people who work with it or and, and produce it, and um, yeah, I feel like. I've created quite a, quite, juicy, quite a juicy life here for myself in, in Guatemala. So with a lot of support, with a lot of support and a lot of, uh, lot of care and holding and, um, you know, and also me making the choices that I made. So, yeah, if you're interested in, um, in any of my offerings, then I'll, I'll, I'll share a link to my website after this, re- after this recording, after the podcast.
0: Yeah. And I might add that after this uh, Valentine's Day Tantra night, I went up to Shadi and I was like, when I want to plan something like this, I'm going to call you and you're going to tell me exactly what to do. <laughs> so I welcome you all to message them if you have any questions on Instagram, probably, or or Facebook.
1: Yeah, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, um, or via my website. The contact form there by email.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, if you have any questions about the podcast, then you can reach out to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to um, to receive inspirations and questions, and um, yeah, all of that.
0: Awesome. I have one last question for you. What What helps you right now ground in yourself and trust in the divine intelligence of it all of your life?
1: Yeah, well, that's such a good question. Well, I love. I love jumping and dancing Um, and I love swimming. Um, I love writing. Like writing is actually really grounding for me because it's like um, there's something about the words but that that kind of ingrains itself or engraves a specific truth into this matrix, into this reality. Um, So I feel really, really inspired and like in my place when I'm writing, so that feels grounding as well. Um, yeah, and um, but, I mean spending time alone is also, is also quite necessary, I mean I know that a lot of us have been spending a lot or maybe too much time alone with, you know, this pandemic the past two years um, but the past month, I've just been with people constantly and I'm <clears throat> I'm feeling like it's actually really necessary for, for all the beauty and all the the transformation, transformational power of interaction with other with other you know beautiful empowered beings. There's so much medicine that happens in interaction that sometimes it's just really necessary to then chill out and to be honest, one of the things that I'm actually struggling with more so than than before is. Um, yeah, navigating technology, you know, because so much of life is so and connection is based online now, and um, it doesn't always ground me to be on the screens too much. So I'm really, really having to set like a conscious intention of not being on the phone and just enjoying my actual real life um, environment. So those are the things that, yeah, that I that I do to um, to ground and to be solid in you know in the amidst the storm of all the things that are happening in the world right now
0: i can relate to that yeah dropping the phone thank you so much for being a guest today um you can find all the information about this cacao training um in the bio and again if you have any questions you can reach out to either of us thank you
1: yeah thank you so much then i really appreciate this and um sending you a beautiful big virtual hug yeah
0: hey you thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of commitment phobe if you like what you heard make sure to share with your friends your lovers your ex-lovers anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one and it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on itunes To make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible. And we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. And about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on. You can find my information in the bio of this episode. Or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram. And shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.